All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Last time we had Matt Hines and Connor Forrest on with the Rigos Rag Roundtable, and they uh, we went around the table and talked about the NFC East and how the Redskins might fare against their divisional opponents. So if you want to check that out, it's on the site today. The roundtable is back. This time it is Kyle Hundley and Nathan Britton. We're back with you again. And this time our theme, top fives. Uh, we, we got some top five lists to go through, uh, ranging from favorite players to breakout candidates to now or never players in the 2019 season. We're going to talk about all of that in just a minute. But first off, uh, Kyle, uh, it's been a while. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Nathan, how's it hanging? Tang it, how you guys doing? It's doing good. All right. Yeah, we're really we're really making the rounds already. That's cool. Yeah, but um, it's good to have you guys on. Uh, I know Kyle. It's been a long time, and Nathan, you were on uh, breaking down the NFC East and their draft performances. So it's good to have you both on for this one. And it's a pretty uh, creative idea. Kyle had it. Just going through some top five lists in the off season, kind of kill some time and to get some content out there. So that's what we're gonna do. But we're not going to start with football. We've been talking about football all off season. We need a warm up. Top five list. You can make it about literally anything. Top five TV shows is the subject. Kyle, what's your top five TV shows? Number five is checking in with the X Files. A big Agent Mulder and uh, Scully fan was a favorite of mine as a kid, and I always like to watch that when it's on. Number four, Family Guy. Okay, that's always a good one. <laughs> Number three, House. Huge Hugh Laurie fan. That show was, I thought was just an incredibly written show. Number two, South Park. And number one, Archer. That is, at least for my money, that is the best comedic show on television right now. Yeah, there's a theme there. Comedy, comedy, which is good, you know? Whenever, personally, when I'm watching a show, I want it to be lighthearted. I know some people like American Horror Story and all that, but I, I can't get into that, man. I need I need it to kind of, you know, calm my nerves, and I think those do it for sure. I've never seen Archer, though. Is that a crime? Should I see Archer? And, uh, it's like a cartoonish comedy a little bit. Yeah, I've seen, like, commercials for it, so, like, I know, and it's the guy, it's the guy with, like, the, um... Is it, uh, is it... Because I know the guy who does uh, Bob's Burgers does that voice, and he does the gas station clerk on Family Guy. Is he? Is that like affiliated? Aren't they all written by the same group of guys? Or Seth MacFarlane. Way out of. It's a funny story about that. I believe it's season two, uh, the first uh, episode. They actually do a Bob's Burgers spinoff of that. So, <laughs> yes, that's cool. I, yeah, I think Seth MacFarlane. He does that. He does the Orville too. He's actually starring that one, too. I've seen commercials for that. But, yeah, um, good list, man. South Park is one. It can be it can be a little um, over the top at times, but my brothers showed it to me before, and uh, it's it's got some bright moments, so uh, that's pretty good. Nathan, what about you? You got a different theme going? Yeah, I do, actually. I don't have – I have one comedy show, which is my number one, so I'll just start there going one to five. My one seat is The Office. Yes. Huge Office fan. I've watched every episode countless amount of times. I love it. It's the best. I constantly am making references around my house and quoting exact lines and telling everybody the episode, the season, and, and what <laughs> scene it is. So Relatable. huge office guy. My number two, not that it was ever must-see television or anything like that, but it really kind of shaped my childhood. I was always glued to the TV watching. It was Dragon Ball Z. I loved that show. It was awesome. Uh, a lot of filler and nonsense, but when I was a kid, man, I would just run around and always be doing this stuff with my buddies and 
binging that show and all the video games. So I love that. Number three, I have Breaking Bad, which is just an all around a great show. Something that I think that while it also it's a little heavier, as you said, um, it has some comic relief moments. It's got a great storyline and a lot of uh, moments that kind of just get your heart racing. You never know what's going to happen. So there's that. Number four, SVU is a show that I'm constantly watching. As of late, this it kind of tapered in what they do. They kind of are repetitive with what kind of they get into, and they do a lot of stuff that's happening in society today. You see a lot of uh, references to big events there. So it's kind of not what it used to be, but still good. And number five is something I it just ended. I'm currently watching it now, so if you guys have watched it, no spoilers. Uh, Game of Thrones. Just started watching it last month. I'm in the middle of season six. Can't stop watching it. So good. I'm just glued to it. All the characters, everyone, everyone I love just starts, you know, they die. And they, <laughs> sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. It's, it's really good, and I'm super pumped to get to the end and see who sits on the throne. And uh, I've taken on Twitter the option you can do in settings where you anyone who posts like a video or a picture, it just is a link that you have to click on to open it up. I've taken that measure. My muted words list on my phone on Twitter is just pages long of anything I think of that's Game of Thrones related. So I've done my very best to try to keep the end a surprise for me. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was I was talking to Kyle before the pod, and I was like, man, I, I really would want to watch Game of Thrones, but at this point, the spoilers have long passed. Like, I, I know everything that I didn't want to know. So it's like... Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like, see, I didn't start watching until the third episode in is when I started watching it. So... The first couple episodes, I was like listening to spoilers and seeing all the pictures and memes and references and stuff and kind of just been like, oh, okay, whatever. But luckily, I don't think there's anything too serious that I paid too much attention to because I I don't really remember much of of what I've seen. So it's still new to me. And even still, like watching the first five or six seasons so far, I I don't really know anything because everything is that's talked about is from what just happened. So all this stuff that's happened way, way back, I'm like, oh, my God, this is insane. Like it's just so so anxious, and you're just like, oh my goodness, the whole time it's it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, so many shows on these lists that I need to watch. Like I've never seen Breaking Bad. I've never seen um. That's a crime. Yeah, especially because it's well. Not, good. I almost put that on my list. That's a really good one. Yeah, it's especially because I don't want to say it's free because you have to pay for Netflix. But who doesn't have Netflix these days? You know what I mean. So. It's it's something that I would recommend you do it. It's 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 pretty slow in the first few episodes. I will I will not lie, but once it gets going, man, it just takes off. I do gotta agree with that. There's a couple scenes in there too that just make you laugh, like the fake Heisenberg, and then the one that gets me every time is when he throws the pizza on the roof. Yeah, you know uh, that house. I don't know if you know in real life that house. Uh, they've had to put a fence up because people just drive by and throw pizzas on that house and the family that lives there is constantly having to go up and get pizzas off their roof that's hilarious yeah i feel like michael in the episode where um josh and jim have the inside joke and he's like i'd love to be a part of one someday oh yeah yeah which that segues that segues into my top five list i would watch breaking bad but i spend all my show watching watching the office like literally all of it it's kind of unhealthy it's, that's not a crime, man. Seriously, <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I've watched it through two times. I'm on my third watch through right now, so I'm just only yeah. two. You got to catch up, man. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but yeah, dude, the office is like. Some people might think it's corny, but it's exactly what I need, you know, just to kind of lighten the mood and 
you know, I, I do like the character development that goes on. Like Michael, yes. In season one, Michael is unbearable. You want to? Oh, he's so cringy. I know he's so cringy. And then by season seven, you're like, you love the guy. Like you it, love. It's him. heartbreaking when he leaves. Spoiler alert! But it's been it's been known since 20, 2009, So you yeah, should know by <laughs> if now, you but... if you haven't watched that by now, <laughs> it's like it, it's it's unforgivable. But yeah, it's, and, that's my number one. Number two was my childhood Drake and Josh. That show was uh. Dude, those are the OGs, man. They were um. Were you heartbroken when they weren't friends for yeah. a year or so? That beef between them was like, oh my god, man! I couldn't believe it because on the show they were just they were brothers, man. Like hug me, brother. And then it's just like <laughs> I was I was crushed by that. But I think I think they made up. I'm not sure if they didn't yeah. make up. Don't tell me because I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender is my third one. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's some people might not like that style, but it's just. I, I like shows that have the good plot and the story and everything and the characters and stuff. And that, that show was just amazing in, in all those aspects. Like, I could still enjoy it now. The live-action movie ruined it, so I don't know. Mm, yeah. Never saw it. Never will see it. Yeah, don't see it. It's a waste. It's a waste of time. Um, Number four, White Collar. It's a it's a cop. It's like more of a cop one, but it's kind of it's kind of a, a cool spin. This, like, criminal who um buys his way out by working with the cops for these, like, really special jobs and stuff. And he's like, he's like a wonderkind you know he's just really good at everything it's like it's kind of cool it's, an, it's a cool show and uh, number five i was trying to decide between home improvement and walking dead well Wa- i decided not to go with walking dead because i watched like i liked the first two seasons and then hated the rest of it i didn't even really like it because it's like too intense at some points so home improvement it's a good it's a good uh, classic with tim allen so that's it's a uh, it's I've a, never, never watched Walking Dead. Could never get into it. It's, it's, it's one of those shows where I think it's run its course and now they're kind of money grabbing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the later episodes but, are bad. Like I watched, I watched part of one the other day and I was like, nah, this is not. Before we switch, I know you want to switch over to another top five and going with the Office. One thing I've noticed is Always Sunny in Philadelphia is it kind of ruined the Office for me. Honestly, I, it took me a while to get back into the Office after I watched Always Sunny because it's what the Office couldn't be. The Office is that workplace comedy, but they're on they're on mainstream TV, so they can't get really raunchy. They kind of have to keep it clean, dumb humor. Hmm. Where always always sunny is just it's kind of like unhinged. It's the type of com- yeah, it's the type of comedy that you and your buddies who are just hanging out on a Friday night drinking kind of have that kind of those conversations and those kind of ideas and jokes. So if you ever get around to it, it's on. I know it's on Hulu. They used to have it on Netflix. I don't think they do anymore. Always sunny is a is a good one. That sounds like a show I need to watch. That sounds like a show that could suck away like half of my year. So that's a good, that's always a good option. Yeah, well, enough about shows though. I think we got warmed up. So let's move on to football. Uh, what you guys are listening for. Just a simple one real quick. Top five favorite players. Kyle, what do you got? Number five, I'm going to check in with Clinton Portis. Watching him back in my high school days was pretty exciting. He brought a lot to us. Number four, I'm going to go with Mark Rippon. I've got a couple autographs of his hanging up in my room. Last quarterback to win a Super Bowl for us. Number three, I'm going to go with Art Monk. You want to talk about an all-time great receiver and a great role model. Number two, I'm going to go with Sean Taylor. Oh, yeah. What he brought on and off the field was incredible. And number one, Carol Green, 54 career interceptions. Two Super Bowls, 
lockdown corner. You could probably still get out and run with a lot of the guys now being in the 60s. That's yeah, the, no doubt. That's the trademark phrase for him. Is like, you could probably still run a 4-4 today, but it's, it's crazy how long he played, especially in the old era of football. A lot more physical. Testament to him. And and just, with one team, too, is a the best part of it yeah 20 years that's that's just insane that's that's very rare you know you don't see that very often okay so i did this i didn't understand that we're doing all-time favorite redskins top five i was kind of doing current roster so bear with me while i navigate through this to kind of weave in the older players that maybe don't on the team anymore or have moved on and play somewhere else in the league but uh my number one is guys i love guys huge guys fan coming out of lsu I was ecstatic when we took him. I was jumping up and down, freaking out. I was pounding the table for him at 13 last year. So when we got him, he hasn't even done anything in the NFL yet, but I think he's going to have a huge breakout year. Hint, hint, a little bit of foreshadow. (laughs) Uh, My number two, I'm going to go ahead and say Sean Taylor. I think he was, uh, for me, I'm I'm 24. So he was kind of my first real Redskins great that I got to watch. Uh, We didn't get to watch too much of him, but I remember just, the feeling I had and the kind of feeling around the Redskins fan base when he ultimately uh, passed away is kind of just a dark cloud. But to this day, you still have guys like Landon Collins and players who are coming into the league even this year who model their game after him. So I think that that's someone that we can all as Redskins fans really put into our top three, if not number one. My number three I'm going to go ahead and say Chris Cooley. I idolized him growing up. I thought he was awesome. He was one of those guys who he'd get the ball and make the plays and do everything you want to do. At not really a – he was kind of doing those sweet things, just Mr. Consistency until injuries took over when I was younger. Um, when I played high school ball my freshman year, I played tight end, and I wore 47 for him. He was just a really kind of guy I wanted to model my you know my game after and, and really grow up kind of attracting me to the Redskins. Number four, Jonathan Allen. He's a local kid. I love love him. He's a great leader, great player on the team. I think he's going to be huge. I think he's going to have the C on his chest this year. I think he's going to be a franchise cornerstone for this team for a long time and a guy who's just going to be another high-motor, consistent player who's just going to provide you everything you need, everything you want out of him. And number five, who doesn't love Trent Williams, a guy who I think is going to be the only Hall of Famer on this team for, what, since Snyder owned the team, the only player that's going to go to the Hall of Fame year in year out battles injuries, stays on the field, and has really, since he came into the league, been, if not the best tackle he's been in the top three of that discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to say he gets in the Hall of Fame because he's been so good for so long. I just, I feel like the team needs more success, but, um, you know, if he's good enough, if he plays for like four more years or so, you know, I I think he's got a decent shot. I, I don't think, I don't think he's a first ballot by any means, basically just because of his position and like you said, the team. But I think when you look at what he's done with his Pro Bowls and year in, year out where he's been kind of Mr. Reliable, he's battled injuries. I think all that's going to be taken into account. And quite honestly, the Hall of Fame isn't really that you know exclusive anymore so i do think at some point he's going to get in i don't know if it'll be his you know i don't think he'll be a first ballot but i think he will get in yeah i hope so i hope so because he's a very talented player i remember looking at his combine numbers for his size it's like that's that doesn't happen often so um, i hope so yeah my my favorite players four of the five are on the team right now so i just well originally it was five of the five i substituted one when i realized the rules were changing here uh, but number five i got kirk cousins <laughs> I know some people might not like Kirk Cousins after the whole franchise tag saga. I'm sorry, I'm biased. I'm a Michigan State fan. He's the, you know, the only reason I started following Washington was because of Kirk Cousins. You know, that, thanks that, Kirk. Yeah, thanks Kirk. You really started something. Now these people have to listen to my voice every week. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, 
that Tampa Bay game, I still remember. I still remember I was doing yard work, and then I, I heard that he was coming back, and I ran inside, and I was, like, sitting on the living room floor, like, two inches. The Code Red game, I remember that game. Yeah, yeah, that was, I was, like, I was on cloud nine. So, Kirk Cousins is my favorite college quarterback. Um, Number four, Darius Geis. Uh, I, I, watching, yeah. so I watched a lot more tape this year than I did last year. But Darius Geis was one of the few guys I actually watched a lot of tape on. And his running style, guys, is so fun. Like, if he can stay healthy this year, he can be very good. Like Nathan said, we're hinting at something there. But uh, don't look too far into it. But he's such a great personality, too. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. Matt Ioannidis, a game wrecker on the defensive line. I always remember when he pushed Brian Bulaga right back into Aaron Rodgers. Like he didn't even he didn't even go around him. He's like, I'm just gonna barrel you right into your quarterback. What I'll, a find, honestly. I know fifth round and getting a guy like that who's one of the best interior pass rushers in the league, like legitimately that that's very impressive. And props to Jim Tomsula for coaching him up, but I to the front man. office for extending him before they needed to. Yeah, seriously, seriously. So yeah. he's he's my third favorite player for that reason, and because his last name is really cool. That's another reason. That, yeah, that's always good. Yeah, Quentin Dunbar, number two. Uh, oh, okay. You, you love the underdog stories. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a off the beaten path, but undrafted wide receiver turned starting corner. Um, he's another guy who could have a pretty good year. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, and then number <laughs> one, I don't think. This needs to be said. I think you guys can just say it for me. Oh, uh, Cam Sims? Cam Sims, yeah. You're, you're warm. You're warm. You're not quite there. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. There we go. I said that. Oh, did you say that? It must. He have... did. He did. I know when you said Cam Sims. Oh, okay. My terrible joke got in the way of it. It cut out. God dang it. Come on, Nathan. You ruined the, you ruined the <laughs> rhythm. You made it all about me. I apologize. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's all about me. It's all about <laughs> him. Man, he gets a, I, I, I invite him on the podcast, and he just gets a big head, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Trey Quinn, man. The whole Trey Quinn season thing last offseason was a work of nature. Uh, that was just, oh, my God. Ooh, man. The, the the um the Chuck Norris jokes and everything just like oh my god that was that was something else but he's um he will always have a special place in my heart even if he gets cut this year or next year I don't think he will but um he's uh I think I I actually think he's due for an increased role that's another hint I keep giving hints away my god but yeah Trey Quinn favorite player uh so a lot of, a lot of interesting and if I had to go back and do it again I think I'd put Sean Taylor somewhere in there because um. You know, you, you, you research Sean Taylor and you, you kind of learn about who he was as a player and like how he was progressing, you know, before he was, before he died, you know, just a really incredible story and just a really incredible A guy player. who, if he would have played for, what he played, three years, another six or seven years, he would have probably been the guy that's a first ballot lock for this team that kind of would have represented the, you know, the hope around this franchise. Yeah. Really, I mean, a, a Hall of Fame talent that never really got to flourish yeah yeah it's it's a really sad story but um it's uh it kind of you know it's kind of inspiring at the same time you know he was so good you know the, the least we can do is remember him right so yeah. um, that's that's cool um let's get let's get to um the topic on hand 2019 uh there's a nfl football season coming up if you had noticed and uh, the Redskins have some interesting, some a lot of intriguing players on the roster, guys who, you know, maybe could break out, you know, maybe reach their full potential uh, given the circumstances. So, Kyle, let's get into some breakout players for the 2019 season. Who do you have your eye on there? 
I'm going to start at number one this time. I'm, I'm going to go with the rookie right off the bat. I think Montez Sweat is just going to be an absolute game wrecker oh, this good choice. year. Good choice. He's, looking, he's doing a camp already. And I think he is going to probably, I think he's going to get double digit sacks this year. I honestly do. Lining up against opposite Kerrigan, like you just can't double team everybody. Yeah, he's going to see a one on ones, and I think with his length and athleticism, that he's going to be a star right out of the gate. Number number two, I know Ian, you're going to like this. We kind of just talked about him a little bit. Trey Quinn. Yes, I think I think if he can stay healthy, I think he can be an absolute nightmare in the slot, and he can create a lot of mismatches there. I would agree. Number three, I think when he gets onto the this. I think he will get onto the field this year. I don't know if it's going to be week one or not, but I think when Haskins gets on, he's going to turn some heads. He's already been turning some heads in camp, and when he gets onto the field and gets his chance, he's going to really, really show why he, a lot of people slept on why they shouldn't have slept on him, and we, we got lucked out with him. Mm-hmm. Number four, I'm also going to go with another rookie, Jimmy Moreland. I think nice him in the slot, yeah. He's already just showing that he is a ball hawk and a half mm-hmm. and finding himself in the right place at the right time. He's got excellent man coverage skills. If he can get onto the field, I think he's going to show that he was a should have been drafted a lot higher than the seventh round, and he's going to be a gem. Yeah, and picks today. I think he's going to be a stud. Yeah, and number, yeah, go ahead. number five, I think this is all going to be, again, an injury being the key issue. Cam Sims, I thought last year in the preseason, he looked like he was going to break out as a rookie before he went down last year. I kind of talked about him a little bit in the last pod, but you want to talk about a big-bodied receiver who can give, whether it's Haskins or Keenum, a legit target to throw to. If he can stay healthy and get onto the field this year, I think he's going to break out. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with all of those. I think some people, you know, once you hear that Moreland had three interceptions in, in an OCA practice, everyone's running away with the hype, like, oh, he's going to be our starting slot corner, he, which he very well could be. You know, I was I was high on him as a prospect. I think he was my number, he was my 120th prospect, and we, we got him at like 200-something. So yeah. it's a very good value pick, and I think, you know, the, the ball skills, the closing, the closing speed, and the ability to, you know, close that gap, and make a play and disrupt it, disrupt the pass is uh, something that not a lot of corners have, you know, uh, kind of ingrained in their DNA and Moreland's one of those guys. So he's, um, he's a definite breakout candidate if he can get the opportunity. So I would agree with that. Nathan, you got any uh, changes? You got any differences there? Yes. I actually was prepped for this one. I, I didn't know break breakout could count rookies, but I wrote them down just in case. So I'll go five to one since you mentioned uh, people hyping it up with our, slot corner. I think number five, my breakout candidates could be Greg Stroman. I think uh, he showed some flashes last year. He struggled a little bit last year. I think that that was just, you know, a late round rookie being thrust in there due to injury and need and a bad defense. Um, and, you know, he, he, again, he flashed, he had his moments. So I think another year of kind of being able to learn this, this defense, kind of refine his game at the next level and really go back and look at what he did well, what he struggled with last year is going to help him. And I think he's going to probably get this the first crack of the starting role for uh slot corner unless jimmy moreland really does just kind of tear it up from here on out number four i'm gonna go ahead and say trey quinn guy who's poised to be the starting slot receiver um we saw what 
Jameson Crowder was able to do when he was healthy and getting the ball here. I think that we're going to kind of see more of that. I think we went away from it in years past with Kirk being here, you know, all the, is he going to stay, is he going to go, and him kind of crashing down and trying to play more safe so he doesn't ruin that payday. And Alex Smith, who really just doesn't like to throw the ball to receivers, if it's not a tight end or a running back, he doesn't really want to give the ball to that person. So I think that this year with Dwayne Haskins, who I think is going to start week one, I really think Trey Quinn's going to thrive and kind of, I don't know if he's going to go become Wes Welker or Julian Edelman here, like in his first, I guess, essentially year starting, but I think that he's going to take a step towards being a key piece of this offense going forward. Um, Number three, I'm going to go ahead and say Tim Settle. We know that this defensive line, the starting three, is already dominant, but those guys are going to need to stay fresh, and I think that that's going to cause for some rotation. Tim Settle is a guy last year who really kind of showed in the preseason he can do it at this level. He has a little bit of had a little bit of weight issues and was still a little bit green, but I think that again, Jim Thompson was one of the best at getting these guys prepared for NFL snaps as a defensive lineman. I really think he's going to come in this year and kind of set the tone and be a great rotational piece for when Deron Payne needs to come out or whether they run a different look. Number two, I'm going to say Dwayne Haskins. I think that this is a guy who's going to start week one. I think he's lighting it up in uh, OTAs and all these practices now, and and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate right away, but I think he's a guy that is going to get pushed from the front office to start him, and I think that really he's shown already that whether Alex Smith was healthy or not, uh, he's the best quarterback on this roster. I think that he needs every opportunity he can get. Um, we have a kind of a grueling, grueling start to the season with these teams. Then we have an easy patch. So if they kind of hold off on him, I wouldn't be shocked. But I think he's going to come in. I think right away he's going to show he was really worthy of going higher than 15. And we kind of got to deal with that. And number one, uh, Darius Geis, I think that this is a guy who's really going to come back and take league by storm. I think this NFC East is going to kind of be known as the the running back division. Um, I think he's going to kind of come in and really show everybody what he's about, show everybody to you know who forgot about him from last year why they shouldn't have. I mean, he's he's a special guy. You said you looked his running running style is fun, man. He's violent. He's downhill. He's able to move around. He's able to do everything you need. Uh, I remember watching a couple things last year. He he gets the ball in the backfield, and he's so patient. He's kind of got Le'Veon Bell-type patience where he's able to just kind of stop and wait for the hole in front of him to develop or for something else to open up and then go. So I really think that if he can combine all that and stay healthy, it's going to mean the difference for this offense. Yeah, yeah, and his contact balance is crazy too. So, yeah, just a very a very exciting player there. Um, between your two lists, I there's a lot of uh, similarities with mine. The uh, corner choices were different, though. I had Fabian Moreau. I think he's a very good size, speed, you know, athletic potential guy. And I think, you know, he had some promise in the slot and he showed it last year. So I think um, maybe with a new coach and Ray Horton, he could blossom. I also had Quentin Dunbar. Uh, I chose both of them. Dunbar last year in seven games and one game in which he had a nerve issue with his ankle. So he was hobbled, you know, he was limping while he was running. He had uh, two interceptions and nine pass deflections on pace for four interceptions and 18. So he was pretty disruptive, and he's got the size speed too. He's got good length uh, to bat down passes and everything, and a student of the game, just a guy who really he's diligent in film study. So I think if Dunbar can stay healthy, I genuinely think he's got cornerback one potential. Uh, So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, We are almost out of time. 
So real quick, we'll just go around the round table real quick and uh, we'll go to our what was intended to be our next subcategory, now or never players. Who's a guy who needs to put it together right now or it might never happen? Uh, Kyle, I'll start, I'll start with you. Who's your top player for that? My number one guy for that has got to be Josh Doxson this year. We kind of talked a little bit about the receivers who are ready to break out already. They're going to be challenging him, and if he's going to want to hold them off for substantial playing time, he's going to have to break out this year. They already declined his fifth-year option, so for him it is now or never. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree. I would agree. We'll see if he can. I know Jay Gruden was pretty optimistic in his press conference today, but we'll see. Uh, Nathan, what about you? I'm going to go with Monte Nicholson. We know what we're getting in Landon Collins. He's going to give you kind of that DJ Swearinger type effect where he's just going to be around making plays and kind of – he's probably going to be a little bit better. He's like a DJ Swearinger plus. But really a lot of what's going to be able to help him is what's going on next to him. And I think that uh, Monte, it, it, it's his time. He's shown flashes a couple of years ago. He showed that you know maybe he could do on the big stage last year. He struggled and ultimately lost his job to a guy who had really no business being a starting player on an NFL defense. So I think it's time for him. He, he's not facing any legal repercussions for what happened in one loud late last year. So it's time for him to kind of shake that off, get back to work, and really show that he has a spot on this team because a lot of what's going to happen with this defense is going to directly go off what he does. You guys took mine. God dang. You guys are smart. I was my number one choice was Nicholson, then Doxson, and you guys just you blew right through that. So I gotta I gotta think on the fly here. I'm gonna go with Paul Richardson. He's a guy who can't okay. he wasn't staying healthy last year. He brings speed to the offense, but you know, if, if he if he can't stay healthy this year, they might think that the eight million a year is too much to pay for his inconsistency. Oh, yeah. It's now or never for him to kind of contribute, especially in a pretty congested receiving core. So we'll see what happens there. A lot of good names uh, fired off on this podcast. Unfortunately, we are out of time. You guys want to give us your top fives in the comments, top five favorite players, top five movies, top five, I don't even know, dinner gourmet dishes, whatever. Just fire it away. Breadsticks. Oh, yeah. I've gotten breadsticks is number one, though. That's one thing we all agreed on before the pod. But um, unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, peace out. Have a good night. Maybe go get some Olive Garden breadsticks. But uh, yeah, tune in next time. We'll have some good content for you.